And we are back. Welcome back to the Press Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Mapati. And on this podcast, we're going to recap the Bengals and Packers game from last Sunday, talk about UC football, talk about the MLB playoffs, and then talk about what the Reds are going to do with Nick Castellanos in the offseason. All right. I'm pretty sure Cincinnati fans were watching or at the game for the Bengals and Packers last Sunday. Lord have mercy. That game was, my emotions was just like all over the place. And that game was just crazy. Unfortunately, our Bengals lost 25-22 to in overtime to the 4-1 now Packers. This was a measuring stick game for the Bengals because you're playing against a team that has been into the NFC Championship game two of the last three seasons. And also you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. So this was a big game for these young Bengals. And the Bengals proved that they belong in the conversation when it comes to teams that you should seriously look at as potentially to be a playoff team this year. These Bengals can play against the top teams, you will say, in the NFL. And you have to say the Packers are one of the top five teams in the NFL right now. So... I had this game as a loss for the Bengals in the schedule, and I wasn't going to be too upset if they would have lost this game. But the way they lost this game last Sunday, I'm still a little bit torn because, mm, hell, both teams should have lost this game. And then again, this game should have just ended the tie. So before I dive into my thoughts of this game, the kickers for both teams for the Packers, Mason Crosby. For the Bengals, Evan McPherson. So both kickers in fourth quarter and combined overtime combined to miss five field goals each. So Crosby missed the extra point, and he missed three field goals. McPherson missed two field goals. Uh, what a crazy game. What a crazy game. The Bengals jump out on first 7 nothing. Defense was just flying. The defensive line was getting to Rodgers, and that was one of my keys. I said last week in the podcast, the Bengals have to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You can't make him feel comfortable, and he's going to drop down to Devontae Adams, which he unfortunately did after the first quarter where the Bengals' defense just was just non-existent after the first quarter, especially the defensive line. And then, the, then Aaron Rodgers started, started throwing zips. Devontae Adams had a field day. He had over 200 yards receiving. And coming into this game, Devontae Adams is having a great year. He's probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. And you would think the Bengals' strategy in this game was to probably cover or double-team Adams. No. Like... Why was Devontae Adams getting open, especially in a slant, in a post? Like, I, I was just very, I was very confused and dumbfounded while watching the game on TV. Like, how is Devontae Adams getting so much space? So, but you have to give the Packers offensive line credit for adjusting after the first quarter when the Bengals defensive line pretty much manhandled them. So... That was that was a big issue, not containing Devontae Adams. Then again, it's hard to do, but the Bengals have a good defense this year. You should not give Adams 
10-plus catches for over 200 yards. Period. Period. So, that's dunk. And Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, you guys probably know that I'm not the biggest fan of Zach Taylor. I don't think he should be coaching this team. I'm not saying he's always to blame for stuff, but he is sometimes. In this game, I question some of his decision-making and... Especially when the Bengals were driving with about, I believe it was under 30 seconds in the fourth quarter. Tie game, 22-22. Bengals overcame an eight-point deficit. They were driving the ball. The Bengals had a fourth and two. You either go for on fourth and two or you have your rookie kicker, who is really good, attempt a 57-yard field goal. Now, the fan of me was saying, okay, I understand why you elect to kick it because, say, if you do go for a fourth and two and you don't make it, you give Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and that offense time to get in the field position instead of Mason Crosby for a walk-off field goal. But I will say that you should have went for a fourth and two. The percentages were pretty good that if the Bengals would have got the first down, you would have just gave McPherson a little bit, a little bit more, less yards to make a field goal instead of fifty-seven. Could have been, I don't know, like under forty-nine. You know, so I think that Zach Taylor should have just went for and fourth down. But I'm not the head coach. I don't make the decisions. It's, it's just his decision making in in these type of games. It's the reason why when the Bengals are trailing. In the third quarter, in Zach Taylor's tenure, they're 0-22-1. That's bad. <laughs> That's bad. And in these type of big games, these these marquee games where the Bengals have to win to, to prove to themselves that they belong, you just have to have better coaching. And I just don't think Zach Taylor is the guy for this team. The Bengals, you can say they should be 5-0 and right now. You know, the Bears game was just an anomaly. I mean, the offense was pretty much crap through the first three quarters, and then they just caught fire the last seven minutes of the game. But you can just say that coaching, 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 it comes to the head coach. But I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think he's the right guy for this for this team. And a lot of people have been asking me, is he holding back this Bengals team? Because this Bengals team, they'll fight. They'll fight every game. And it's not fair to the fans that go to the games, that go to Paul Brown Stadium, see a team that's fighting, see a team that's getting better and better every single game. But in those key moments, they're not getting the job done. And you say the lack of executions by the coaches and the players, but... It pretty much starts with the head coach and then Zach Taylor. So the fan of me thinks that the Bengals should move on from Zach Taylor. I think he should have been fired last year, but Joe Burrow got hurt towards ACL and MCL in the eighth game of the season. So I think that's the reason why Mike Brown and Katie Blackburn were saying, okay, we'll give Zach Taylor another chance. And this is his best squad he has right now as a head coach. 
He's been here for three seasons. This is his best team on paper when it comes to roster-wise. This team could definitely contend for a playoff spot. It's just in these type of games, you just can't. Can't have those. You can't have those second 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 guessing decision makings. So Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor. Don't hate the guy. I just don't think he's a he's not an NFL head coach. I think he's an offensive coordinator. He can be offensive coordinator in the NFL. Or even college. He was offensive coordinator for UC in twenty sixteen. With that Alabama Senator coach or whatever. I'm not going to mention his name because he's not even relevant anymore. So, yeah. That's my that's my take on Zach Taylor. I just... The players love him. The players will play for him because he's a player's, he's a player's coach. And I see that. He loves his players. Especially after the win against the Jacksonville Jaguars two weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. He hugged every Bengals player before they went in the locker room. So obviously, he cares about his team, obviously. He's not trying to lose these games on purpose. He's not. It's just he's just just not an NFL head coach. And I know those players are playing for him, obviously. So we'll see. We'll see. Taking one game at a time. Now, the Bengals do got the Lions this weekend. The 0-5 Detroit Lions. Now, do not let that 0-5 record by the Detroit Lions deceive you because right now the Lions should be two and three. They shouldn't be in the Ravens. It was not for a fourth and 19 conversion the Ravens had. And then Justin Tucker hitting like a hundred yard field goal at the buzzer. It was a 66 yard field goal, but you know what I mean. And then last weekend, the Lions lost a heartbreaker at the buzzer by a game winning field goal by the Minnesota Vikings. So don't let that 0-5 record Deceive you, Bengals fans. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game. One o'clock on Fox. In my opinion, I'm sick of Fox games. And I can't wait to can't wait for the Bengals to play on CBS. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> but let's talk about the Bengals quarterback. Their franchise quarterback. Yes, I'm talking about Joe Burrow. <clears throat> so this was this happened around the second quarter. It's about it was around what? It was a third and five play. So Burrow dropped back the pass, right? Didn't have no open receivers. So he decided to scramble, run the ball, trying to get the first down. Here comes a Packers defender, and all I see is Burrow's legs up in the air. And then in my head, when Burrow didn't even move, I'm thinking deja vu again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Like he stayed down there, and then he started moving. And he was able to walk off on his own power. The whole city of Cincinnati stopped for a good minute. Because I thought Joe Burr hurt himself again. And I was like, oh no, not again, not again. Joe Burr, after the game, had to go to the hospital for a throat contusion. But he's going to be okay. He will play on Sunday. So that's good news. But Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers talked to Burrow after the game, and he just told Joe simply, you're a damn good quarterback. You're, the, you're probably going to be one of the faces of the NFL. You got everything in front of you. 
just slide. And I really want Joe Burrow to really, 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 really. I know Burrow's a gamer. He's a gamer. Trust me. I love this guy. He is definitely Joey Franchise, as Bengals fans call him when it comes to the nicknames they have for Burrow. But Burrow needs to worry about his health, need to be, needs to take care of his health. Because I know he's a gamer. He's a tough guy. But damn it, slide. Don't be Andrew Luck. Because Andrew Luck took a lot of hits. And look what happened to him. He's, re- he's retired at the age of, in his early 30s. I just don't want Joe Burrow to end up like that. So, Burrow, Joe, if you listen to me on this low-budget podcast, slide. Slide. We need you. The NFL needs you. Please, slide. Take care of yourself. Don't risk it. I know you're trying to be that tough guy, and you are tough. We know you're the shit, but you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. See, I wrote down in my notes saying that are the Bengals for real? I mean, I am the dumbass before the season said that the Bengals are going to go 11-6. and six. Right now, the Bengals are 3-2. and two. You can say this should be 5-0, and oh, like I said earlier. Are the Bengals for real? I think they're for real when it comes to contending. That's for damn sure. They're definitely contending this year for a playoff spot. But on Sunday against Detroit, they, these are the games that Bengals have to win. And I know Detroit is 0-5, but Detroit is better than what their record looks. But the Bengals, this is a game the Bengals need to win. You need to be 4-2 after this game because you got the Ravens next Sunday in Baltimore. So win this game, you're 4-2. You lose this game, you're 3-3, and and it's like, the fans are gonna start. <laughs> fans are gonna start exploding, and I'm one of them. So, I think the Bengals are for real when it comes to contending. Let's just be consistent and winning the games that you have to win, like on Sunday. Jamar Chase, he is basically the front runner to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. This guy caught a 70-yard touchdown pass from Joe Burr before halftime last Sunday. And he's just shut the haters up, the naysayers, the doubters. I already made my apology, my apology to him. Chase is unbelievable. And I'm glad the Bengals drafted him. He is such a game changer. He has such good hands. And I know before the season, we were worried about his hands. Now... It's just a sure thing. He had his first drop pass last Sunday. And I was just like, oh, because I'm like, he's money when he making when he when he dropped that pass. That was a, that's a pass he makes. I mean, that's a catch he makes. So I wasn't upset. I was just like, mm, he knows that. He could have, he could've, he should have definitely caught that. So Jamar Chase, once again, I apologize for everything I said. Um, I'm a dumbass that doesn't know football. And you do, obviously. You're a great player. Continue to do what you do. This week, he was named Pepsi Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. <laughs> rookie of the Week. I think he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year the way he's playing right now. But he was named Rookie of the Week for the, sec- for the second time this year. And it's only, this is, a, this is his, uh, what, fifth game? Only five games in. He only has two Rookie of the Week awards. So, keep going, Jamar Chase. Keep going. 
So Bengals Lions Sunday one o'clock. Right now Vegas has the Bengals as a three point favorite. I believe that's gonna drop because the Bengals have been in close games. You would say all year. Well, you can look at the Steeler game and say the Bengals after the first quarter dominated that game. But after that, overtime win against the Vikings. Close loss against the Bears, even though they were down by 17. And then at the buzzer, win against the Jaguars. And then the overtime loss to the Packers this past Sunday. Every Bengals game is going to come down to the wire. It just feels like it. Only five games in. Damn. Call them the Cardiac Cats Bengals of 2009, where every game that season was going down to the wire. Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson and those crew. So... Hopefully the Bengals get it done on Sunday against Detroit. They have to have this game. They have to. All right. Switching topics. Bearcats football. Bearcats demolished the Temple Owls 52-3 last Friday in their AAC conference home opener. It was the first capacity crowd at Nipper Stadium. It was a Friday night. It was a blackout. They had over 37,000 fans. It was great. It was loud. You can just feel, you can just feel the energy in that campus. You got a top three team that is in contention to make the college football playoff and win a national championship. Like, it's crazy. So those students that you see, you guys have it good. You guys are spoiled. Enjoy this moment. And and as fans and as alumni, we have to enjoy this moment as well, too. Because these moments do not come at all. Very often. Very little. So I'm trying to enjoy this season. I'm not trying to worry about, well, okay, if we got to run the table and we got to have Ohio State lose and Alabama can lose their second game and then, uh, oh, no. No, no, I'm just going to enjoy this Bearcats football team, this 2021 version of the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. Everything else will take care of itself. A few things that stood me out in the temple demolishing last Friday. Jerome Ford had a big 72-yard 70, rushing touchdown to begin the second half that pretty much Broke Temple Spirits. Like, you could tell. I paused there because I remember Temple was only down 17-3 at halftime. They were kind of feeling pretty good. And I was just like, oh, boy. If we go 3 and out in our first recession in the second half, I'm just like, oh, boy. This is not looking good. But then when Ford just... he The average speed in that touchdown run he had was 22 miles per hour. I'm like, damn, this guy is fast. And you can just see Temple's sideline just went from positivity to like, hell no, nah, we give up. And after that, the Bearcats just was toying with Temple. But I believe Jerome Ford is having a breakout season. I think I believe I said that before the season that he's going to have a breakout year in his junior year. I think the Bearcats need to get Ford more touches. He needs to because he's a great running back, a very underrated running back. So give Jerome Ford more touches. And also I want the offense to start a little bit more faster in games. The defensive line, the defense is just 
It's unbelievable. The defensive line was fast on Friday night. Like, they're really fast. Led by Majay Sanders, led by Malik Vaughn, Derek Beavers. The cat, those cats, they just, they, they call themselves the Black Cats defense for a reason. They're fast, man. They had six sacks on Friday, but in my opinion, they couldn't have more. They could have like 10 sacks. That's how, that's how great this defensive line is. So you don't have to worry about the defense at all, especially that line. We got cornerbacks. We got Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, Aquan Bush, Brian Cook is having a breakout year. You really, you really don't see no weakness on this team except for special teams. Cole Smith, the Bearcats field goal kicker, missed another kick last Friday. This one, he did it. it that wasn't even close. He he missed it from the left. He didn't even, even touch the field goal post. I was like, Lord, have mercy. Luke Fickle did say in his presser this past week that, that they're going to be trying some new kickers, give other kickers opportunities, and that you will hope that will push Cole to be better at his kicks. No knock on him, but he's just not a good kicker. He's just not. And it's a concern because people say, well, you don't have to worry about the kicker because we're going to be blowing out every team in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, you don't know that for a fact. You don't know. Knock on wood, everyone stays healthy, but you just don't know. It's, we're in the beginning of playoff conference play. so And we're going to need Cole Smith to kick some kicks for us and make them. Even an extra point, I'm like holding my breath because I'm just like, he is he going to miss this? <laughs> you know? Like, I want to root for him, but he's just not good. So, if he struggles again on Saturday, then we got to make some changes when it comes to that. I know Luke's all about the team. And I know he has a lot of personal relationship that comes to his players. But at the same time, you're trying to win games. You're trying to win a conference championship first. And that means your field goal kicker has to make the kicks. Especially the ones that should be money. Like from 30 to 40 yards out. Like I said, even extra points, I'm like, he's probably going to miss it. And I hate feeling that way, but that's just how I feel. So that's the only weakness when I see when it comes to the Bearcats. It's this field goal kicking. Bearcats are now ranked third. In the AP poll this week. It's their highest ranking ever in school history. Number three. The 9 team got to as high as number five. Number three. Bearcats did get some help last weekend. Previously, number one, Alabama. Lost to Texas A&M. And then Penn State and Iowa. That was a four versus three. Bearcat fans, we wanted Iowa to lose because... As you see, Iowa's schedule down the stretch, it's favorable and it's easy for them. So we wanted Penn State to win. Penn State did a good, they get off to a good start, but in typical Penn State Nittany, Nittany Lions fashion, they choke. So they lost, but it was, an, it was actually a gain for us. Oklahoma came back against Texas. That was one hell of a game. That's why you just don't trust Texas in anything because we all thought, oh, Texas is back. Texas, Texas is back. Hell no. 
overrated, overrated as hell. So Oklahoma is now number five and Ohio State's number six. I lied. OSU is four, Oklahoma's five. I hope I'm getting that right. But yeah, those are the teams that are trying to chase after Georgia, Iowa, and Cincinnati. Keep them saying that. That's pretty cool. So all the Bearcats got to do is just keep winning. Got your leader in Desmond Ritter. You got the best corner in college football in the Mod South Garner. You got one of the best defensive line in college football. You got very underrated running back in the country in Jerome Ford. You got good receivers. And you got a great coach in Luke Fickle. It's all there. It's it's all there for the Bearcats. You just gotta keep winning. Just gotta keep winning. And the Bearcats will host the Central Florida Knights on Saturday noon on ABC. <clears throat> now these are these are these are not your UCF Knights of 2017, 2018, also 2019. But it's still UCF. They're going to be jacked up for this game. They want to ruin the Bearcats' season, ruin the college football hopes. So the Bearcats better get ready because UCF is going to come. They're coming. And I see this game being competitive and close in the first half. I just think the Bearcats, with much more talent, much more depth, and UCF is missing key players on both the offense and defensive side. They don't have Dylan Gabriel as their quarterback right now because he's hurt. Probably going to be out for the season, unfortunately. So, And also, UCF fans have been really, they've been talking shit on Twitter all this week. Like, there was a <clears throat> there was a tweet that said, who will win in this matchup between the 2021 Cincinnati Bearcats or the 2017 UCF Knights team that went undefeated and, you know, they self-proclaimed, they claimed themselves as the national championship, which is bullshit because you're not the champions, okay? UCF fans are just... <sighs> I was low-key cool with them. Now, fuck them. Fuck them. It's like... You you guys should be rooting for our success because we rooted for you guys' success and that helped us to elevate to where we are right now. But you guys just you guys just just talking shit and I'm just like, first of all, I don't got the time for that because you guys are really slow and you know I'm grown so I don't want to engage myself in Twitter fights because that was Jesse four or five years ago. But all I just told him is just to fuck off. <laughs> You know, I don't really have time for that. But like I said, you would thought that both fan bases would be supporting each other, especially UCF. But I hope the Bearcats just mm, just run the school up, run the score up on them if they do get up by a lot. And also, <clears throat> there was a blog that I obviously did not click because I'm not going to give this person any clickbaiting or or ratings, or views, or all that shit. I'm not do that. But the title of the blog was that UCF has to attack Cincinnati Bearcats cornerback on Sauce Gardner. So you're talking about the Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the best cornerback in college football. Likely, everything goes well on his pro day and NFL combine next year. 
He'll probably be the first cornerback taken off the draft board of next year in the 2022 NFL draft. You're talking about that Ahmad Gardner, and you're saying the Knights have to take chances against him? Really? Really? So I'm guaranteeing, so I'm saying that Gardner is going to have like two picks in this game. You don't want to test that guy. You don't want to throw it in his direction. So good luck. By the way, future Bengals quarterback, cornerback, Ahmad South Gardner. Just saying. Gosh, you see, you see how fans just are, they're, they're very stupid. They're very stupid. I thought they were smart, but I was wrong. All right, so MLB playoffs is going on. And my predictions are obviously wrong because I had the Chicago White Sox playing the San Francisco Giants in the World Series. Well, the White Sox lost to the Astros in four games. Stupid me. The Red Sox upset the Tampa Bay Rays in four games. That I was very surprised. <clears throat> it's unfortunate that in the NL side, both the Dodgers and the Giants, both teams won 100 games, over 100 games this year. They're playing each other in a division series, a best of five. You kind of wish this series was like a national championship series. But right now, both teams are playing in the decisive game five in San Francisco. So, sucks that one of these teams that won 100 games will be eliminated from the playoffs. Just like that. And I have the Giants winning this game because they were my World Series pick to win it all. So, and then the Braves beat the Brewers in four games. The Brewers were just trash. Last month, they pretty much just coasted after getting a big-ass lead in the NL Central. They deserve it. They got good pitching, but they don't got the hitting. And, yeah, it's crazy that the Braves are in the NLCS again for the second time in the NLCS last year. Yeah. And Atlanta's a sport town that does endure heartbreaks, so... They're lucky. They got it good, and I can't get my team to win a playoff game in the Bengals. I can't get this rest team to win a damn series. <sighs> Over here getting depressed. This is why I named this podcast as it is right now. So, my prediction for the championship series for both the NL and AL. So, I got the Astros beating the Red Sox in six games. If the Giants do beat the Dodgers in game five tonight... Then I have the Giants being the Braves in five games. And then Astros, Giants. That's going to be one hell of a World Series if the Giants do make it to the championship series. But I'm never right on anything. So <laughs> don't bet on it. Don't bet on me getting these things right. Because when it, when it comes to predictions, I'm just really not good. All right. So before this podcast concludes, I think a lot of people have questions on what are the Reds going to do with Nick Castellanos? Nick Castellanos had a career year. He said this was his. He said this was the most fun season he has had as a baseball player. I think Castellanos is not going to be here next year, and it sucks because we have a cheap ass owner who doesn't want to spend so much money, and Nick deserves to get paid a lot because he's a great baseball player, a great human. I just don't think the Reds are going to even give him a chance when it comes to, like, offer him 
the max deal for that for that contract. So it's been real, Nick. And I just hope he doesn't go to the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers. That would just really ugh, that would just I would just throw up right now. Like I have a bucket right now. If he goes to the Yankees or the Dodgers, I'm gonna throw up in this bucket. Cause he, he, she, even I don't think Nick wants to go in a big market like that, and I believe he really wants to stay in Cincinnati. But the Reds are not willing. The Reds are not going to pay him that much. Okay, they're not, and it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. So Nick, it's been real. It's been really real. All right. So what we got this weekend? All right. So UC hosts UCF Saturday noon on ABC, and then. The Bengals go to Detroit to play the Lions Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. And then if you do care about FCC soccer, which nobody don't, they play against Lando City on Saturday, 7.30 at TQL Stadium. So if you want to go watch that shit team, that shit organization, go ahead because kind of done, done just talking about FCC. But soon, college basketball season's upon us and UC Bearcats basketball will be here. They had Confess Media Day today, and uh, only one Bearcat player made it to the all-Confess team, and that was Jeremiah Davenport, the Cincinnati product from Moeller. He was second-team All-AAC. I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year, just seeing his development from freshman year to last year. I think Jeremiah's going to have a great year. And then just seeing first-year head coach Wes Miller. Let's see what he got. It's all good on paper. But we're gonna see how it is. We're gonna see how it just translate into the court, into the play of basketball. Because I like Westmo. I think he is the right guy for this job. It's gonna take time. The Bearcats were picked six in the conference this year. I think that's fair. They might surprise some folks and might finish top four when the season ends. So right now, getting picked. The- Getting picked six in the conference, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I, I won't be surprised if they end the season at at the top, like top four. That's very possible if everything works out itself, you know. Knock on wood. All right, guys. I'm out. See you next Thursday. Hopefully, I'm recapping the Bengals' win. And then the Bearcats, hopefully, will go to 6-0. and And we can talk about winning, more winning in the city. Because, damn it, we need it. All right, peace.